everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Well, welcome to the Pastor Study, everybody. I'm Pastor Tom Brock. I'm a Lutheran pastor. In a minute, I'm going to interview a Catholic law professor. And our question for this show is, who gets to decide what marriage is? Does the President of the United States, this is, to me, bizarre beyond belief that in my lifetime, the President of the United States would come out for homosexual marriage and say two men now is a marriage. And this is tragic. Even more tragic, we have denominations, we have churches, the United Church of Christ, the Episcopal Church in the United States, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and the Presbyterian Church USA, who are coming out, some of them absolutely in favor of what's called homosexual marriage. When the Bible teaches, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you're caught in the homosexual lifestyle, you need to turn from that, repent, get the forgiveness of Christ, and go to a good church, get the help you need. But for the church to bless something that God says is a sin is a nightmare. So I'm willing to tell you about the theological, what the Bible says about homosexuality, but because now we have an election coming up, and if you're watching this in Minnesota, in November we vote on whether we keep marriage one man, one woman. You might be living in a state, there's seven, eight of them now, that have homosexual marriage. I wanted to introduce you to uh, Teresa Colette. Welcome, Teresa. I'm delighted to be here. You're a Catholic gal who teaches law at the University of St. Thomas. True. Is the University of St. Thomas kosher on this issue? Are they holding the Catholic line? Uh, They are not taking a position um, on the issue. In other words, they're not. (laughs) Okay. So, but it is certainly an opportunity to educate all members Mm -hmm. of society about why government's in the marriage business to start with. And uh, to the extent there are distinctions between uh, God's understanding of marriage and the government's role yeah. in that understanding, okay. they are uh, certainly not interfering with my ability to participate well, in the conversation. What I want to do in this half hour, I want to literally play the devil's advocate. Good. All right, and you're the enlightened professor here. So, uh, why is the government in this issue at all? Isn't this a, uh, if the church wants to say it's wrong, fine, but keep the government out of my bedroom. What do you think? Well, in fact, the government's reason for being in the marriage definition business is because of three simple facts. One, sex between a man and a woman is the act that makes babies. Two, uh, whether we intend to make a baby or not is completely irrelevant. There are, at least according to the Center for Disease Control, 50% of the children born are are unintended, not unwanted, but they're oops babies. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. And then finally, Raising that child to adulthood needs the participation of both the father and the mother. So sex makes babies, babies need a mom and a dad, and marriage is the way that we get men to publicly agree that they'll stick around and help raise that baby. And the devil would say, I'm being the devil's advocate. Well, are you saying that a single mother then is not a real family raising her children? 
I'm saying that a single mother is not the ideal That's right. for raising a family. And single mothers will tell you that. Absolutely. And, and throughout the country, we now have a 40% single parent rate for the births. And it's a very difficult problem. Any single mom, my mom was a single mom for a period of time. So obviously, I think those kids can turn out just fine. Mm -hmm. But it is far more difficult. Statistically, we know they're less likely to graduate from high school. They're more likely to experience a, an unmarried pregnancy themselves. In Minnesota, they're seven times more likely to live in poverty mm -hmm. than a child raised in a husband-wife yes. household. So do we care about kids anymore? Absolutely, yeah. and that's why we're continuing to fight. And you know, Pastor, we've won this vote in 33 states right. when it's been put to the yes. people. Yes. And that's why I think the people are the ones who ought to decide this issue, yeah. not the legislature and certainly not the courts. And when people say, well, if we have gay marriage in Minnesota, for instance, it won't affect the church. Tell them what happened in uh, Massachusetts to the Catholic agency doing adoptions. Well, and it's not just there, but of course the Attorney General in Massachusetts, after the Goodridge opinion, where they imposed a redefinition of marriage on the people, uh, the Catholic uh, Charities was doing adoptions, and according to the Attorney General, doing the best job for hard-to-place kids, handicapped kids, large sibling groups, but they didn't care because they wouldn't place children in same-sex couples' households. Mm -hmm. Now, there were plenty of other adoption agencies that would, mm -hmm. but because the Catholic Church maintained the definition of marriage as the union yeah. of a man and yeah. a woman, they were driven out of the adoption and, business. And again, as tra tragically, the ELCA Lutheran Church, Lutheran Social Service in Minneapolis, they'll give an orphan to two lesbians. But God bless the Catholic Church for now. And again, I'm a Lutheran. This is grievous to me. Um, uh, more devil's advocate questions. Well, you know, why would you deny all these benefits uh, to two men who really love each other? Isn't their loving relationship all that matters? Why would you deny them ability to see each other when they're in the hospital? Well, actually, we don't deny them the exactly, ability to see each other in the hospital. There's actually federal regulations under Medicaid and Medicare. Any hospital that receives Medicaid and Medicare, i.e. all of them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are required to allow a designation mm -hmm. of their representatives. So that's simply a falsehood. But more importantly, the idea of marriage in the secular sense, for example, Every state in the union has a presumption of paternity. Any child born to a married woman is presumed to be the child of the husband. How does that work with a same-sex couple? Mm -hmm. And there's a consummation requirement mm -hmm. in Minnesota and many other states. Yeah. How do you consummate yeah. these unions? Yeah. Because if it's not consummated in Minnesota, the marriage can be set aside by a court, not an ecclesiastical body, by a court and have it annulled as if it never existed. Mm -hmm. The government really is in the marriage business for the simple reason that sex makes babies, and frankly, Pastor, it's about keeping you men around right. after you've it's made that baby. It's, it's for the women's sake. It's for the women's. children primarily, yes. and, and, and the women need that yes. help too. Yes. But kids need a mom and a dad, they and do. we know that. And isn't it weird that that is now a radical belief? For you to say a child does best in a home with a mother and a father, you're a bigot, you're a hate monger. And sadly, the press is pretty much on the left on this issue. Good, uh, good luck finding a show like this on the ABC Evening News, you know. Yeah. It's a problem, but yeah. we know, and it's interesting, the social science is proving it too, that kids do best when they are raised in the household of their biological mom mm -hmm. and their biological dad mm -hmm. in a low-conflict marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Now, certainly no one believes that anyone should stay in a violent situation mm -hmm. and that's not what's best for kids but the fact is that we have so eliminated the idea that marriage is lifelong 
and exclusive, which we see in the laws. That's why you have to get a divorce. You yep. can't just say, well, we don't want to do this right. anymore. Right. The government has an interest in you sticking together. Well, back to the devil's advocate. Aren't you forcing your religion on everybody by saying it has to be a man and a woman? Who are you to force your religion on me and to use the government to do it? In fact, if sex didn't make babies, I'm not sure I would support the government being in the marriage business. Mm -hmm. They're not in the friendship business. Mm -hmm. They're not in the confirmation business. They're not in the baptism business. They're not in the sorts of private arrangements. And I'm not sure I would support government licensing it. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, from a government's perspective, this is about getting men and women to publicly agree that they are going to engage in marital relations exclusively only with each other and that they are going to be committed to live together lifelong so that they can raise any children that come from that mm -hmm, union. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, I was in Utah for a conference this past weekend. I'm president of University Faculty for Life. And there, there was an announcement that the both the governor and the attorney general, as well as a district attorney in Utah County, will no longer enforce their bigamy laws. So that, right. for those purposes, yeah. polygamy right. will be permissible, notwithstanding that the law says yeah. that marriage is about one man and one woman. And, and, and that's right. If we're going to redefine marriage, why can't one man marry five women? Why can't a f loving 50-year-old dad marry his 30-year-old daughter? If all that matters is that it's a loving relationship, why, why not incest? We've, we have Lutheran bishops who are saying that the big deal is that they're two people who really love each other. Well, how about a dad and his daughter? I mean, where does it end? Well, actually, in Switzerland, that's been decriminalized. Oh, my. So there is a drive internationally and domestically to redefine marriage as any two committed people. <coughs> Excuse me, but but it doesn't make any sense that you limit it to two mm -hmm. if the foundation is simply love and commitment. Right, and you know in Scandinavia where they did the gay marriage thing years ago, once that goes into action, heterosexual marriage goes way down. <coughs> Excuse me, Father. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I think that's a real problem, and so what we need to do is reinvigorate marriage. In our own country, cohabitation has exploded. Mm -hmm. We need to encourage people to make lifelong commitments, exclusive commitments. Yeah. And, and let's, let me say this as a pastor, too. <coughs> 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 doesn't just <coughs> condemn homosexuality. <coughs> it, it condemns fornication for a man and a woman having sex outside of marriage. So, you know, if you're, if you're living with someone or having sex with someone outside of marriage, that too is a sin. And, uh, the, the, but how do you answer this? That Yeah, but why? I, I mean... What I say to people is if you think it's just a religious issue, how come Stalinist Russia and, and Red China and, and Russia, how come these atheist regimes still don't have gay marriage? And why did, why does atheist China have no gay marriage? What's your thought on that? Why don't they have gay marriage in China where God doesn't exist? Well, I think, in fact, in China, they have a whole different set of cultural norms. Mm -hmm. And children are not valued in China. They're killed. Uh, but there is that deep historical commitment to the family. Okay. And so the idea that marriage is a part of uniting two families, mm -hmm. grafting two families together to mm -hmm. make them both stronger mm -hmm. and to extend into the future is a really important point. I think the Chinese culture understands that, but the Chinese government does not. Okay. What about this? What about uh, a little girl who has two lesbian mothers now? Why would you deny her 
I mean, what our President Obama said is the reason he's now for gay marriage is he was talking this over with his wife and children at the dinner table, and his daughter said, well, why shouldn't, you know, my friend at school and with her two mommies be able to be equal with the rest of us? How do you respond to that? Well, marriage isn't about equality in that sense. I was raised by my mother and my stepfather, and the law didn't recognize my stepfather as my father. He certainly didn't have the sort of legal rights that a biological father has. And so two women who are living together, whether they have a sexual relationship or not, who are raising children in a common household, uh, are not denied the rights that any other non-biological adult that are participating in that household. Mm -hmm. If it's simply that they're raising a family together, then we return to the question of uh, a situation that's fairly common. Uh, two adult siblings who are raising a younger sibling because the parents are tragically or perhaps for patriotic reasons not available to the household. Maybe mm -hmm. both parents are deployed elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And so you've got an 18-year-old and a 21-year-old doing their best with their 11-year-old sister. Mm -hmm. So, but the institution of marriage, both in Minnesota and throughout the country, has always been grounded in this idea that it's a sexual union and that that sexual union at least has the potential for fertility mm -hmm. and it's those children that are created. If we redefine marriage, we will be redefining parenthood and we're seeing that in states already. And this is rather, uh, a friend of mine was at the... Uh, was at the baseball game sitting next to his, uh, a Lutheran pastor who's very liberal on this issue, who didn't want to talk about it. My, my friend insisted, and he said to this Lutheran pastor who was trying to redefine marriage, this is radical. This is the first time in, in human history that a culture is calling two men or two women a marriage. And you know, even pagan Rome, ancient Rome, didn't have gay marriage, did they? I don't think, I can't think of a culture, I mean, except for uh, Sweden and, and Norway in recent years. Have there been cultures that have actually had homosexual marriage before today? No, marriage has always been understood as being grounded in both the common affection of the couple, uh -huh. ideally, but more, more particularly for the continuation of the family. It's yeah. the biological union of the man and the woman that's going to perpetuate the family. Mm -hmm. So in ancient Greece, where homosexuality was not frowned upon, in mm -hmm. fact, it was considered the, the right of the ruling class mm -hmm. to, to those who lived in slavery, uh, it was not a question of whether that was marriage or not. And you bring up ancient Rome, of course, at a certain point, ancient Rome's sexual morality had deteriorated to the point where they had to condition certain public offices upon a willingness to be married because they saw the consequences of destroying a culture of marriage. Yeah. And, you know, natural law, the law that God has written on our hearts, as mm -hmm, St. Paul mm -hmm. tells us, Romans two. Uh, will tell us that there is something unique about a man and a woman who are willing to commit to the creation of the next generation. Mm -hmm. So again, the reason the government's in the business is sex makes babies, babies need a mom and a dad, and marriage is the societal contract whereby men agree to stick around. Governments need babies. We see this in the various European graying populations where they're yes, very concerned indeed. about the depopulation. Yeah. What do you do with this? Because I know you speak around a lot on I this do. issue. When people call you hateful, narrow-minded, a bigot, how do you respond to that? Well, of course, being a Christian, I know that we've been warned. That we're going to be maligned. And, mm -hmm. and the servant should not be treated better than the master, right, as Scripture right. tells us. Yeah. But also, I think that there is a genuine 
a genuine concern that our fellow citizens have involved in their lives people who care deeply about them. Mm -hmm. And government already makes those arrangements. I was an elder law attorney before I became an academic. And I had, in my practice, uh, two elderly women who had lived next door to each other for a long period of time. And when they became widowed, there was no one left in their life to take care of each other. So Mary would make sure that Martha had turned off, uh, had taken her medicine in the morning, and Martha would make sure that Mary had turned off the burner after making supper. And they cared for each other. Now, government can accommodate those arrangements, mm -hmm. and there are legal arrangements mm -hmm. that we can make for those sorts of living mm -hmm. situations. Mm -hmm. But as far as the political debate about redefining marriage, and that's really what we're talking about. People talk about it's, it's same-sex marriage. That doesn't exist legally except in the eight states, right? It's about redefining marriage for us all. It's about disconnecting parentage from marriage. And we've already seen with that social experiment mm -hmm. that mm. that is not good for kids. No, it isn't. And, or for the society. Or for the society, yeah. because frankly, the kids are our future. Yeah. And so when people say, I'm hateful, I, I actually believe they're moved by a false compassion. Right. And, yeah. and you treat them and, and in can, that manner. And can I say this, the theological side of it, if indeed Paul is right when he writes 1 Corinthians 6 that fornicators, adulterers, idolaters, homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God, now you can repent of that belief, those behaviors, put your faith in Christ, be forgiven and saved, but if you're living in them impenitently, you're not going to go to heaven. You're going to go to hell when you die. Now, I can say that as a pastor because that's what it says. And, and you know what's tragic to me? We have Lutheran bishops saying that the loving thing to do is to tell these people to continue in their, that behavior. On Judgment Day, they're not going to appear as loving. I think if we humbly, lovingly urge people to repent from behavior and put their faith in Christ, that's loving. To tell people they can just remain in sin, that hurts them. That doesn't help them. I mean, sin hurts. Sin hurts us. Well, Pastor, I guess I have two responses to that. Mm -hmm. Number one, as the American culture has rejected more and more a sort of responsible sexual morality, which is the Christian sexual morality, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the, the Christian church teaches that our sexual powers are so important and so central to our lives that they have to be handled with great self-discipline, with great restraint, mm -hmm. with a great sense of thanksgiving and a great understanding that they actually affect the future in a very profound way. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the teaching. Um, but we no longer adhere to that with young people. You know, we hand them condoms oh, and I we know. hand them pills in school. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and now we're trying to force people to pay for other people's mm -hmm, contraception mm -hmm. so they can engage in sexual license. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I understand why people who suffer from same-sex attraction think they're being singled out. Mm -hmm. and. But can I say this, Therese? Teresa, I personally struggle with same-sex attraction. And I say no to those desires because I want to inherit the kingdom of God. I want to follow Jesus. You can go to pastorstudy.org, watch our TV show called Struggling with Same-Sex Attraction. Jackie and I did a whole half an hour on this. That's my struggle in life. I'm the last person on earth that wants the church, especially, or the government to tell me to go ahead and do that. I'd rather, first of all, I'd rather not die early and I'd rather not be emotionally scarred, and I, 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 and the big deal for me, I'd rather spend eternity in heaven, thank you. So, you know, this is just, it's tragic to me that our president has come out the way he has. 
And you're a Catholic. It grieved me when President Obama wants to force the Catholic Church to pay for contraceptives. What's next? Abortion? I mean, well, and yeah. that's part of it. Yes, actually. it is. Explain that. And and well, the actual HHS ruling says that we have to pay for abortifacient yes. drugs as well as drugs yeah. that simply uh, avoid Every pregnancy. Christian should be upset by that. And there have, of course, been states that have tried, like in uh, Alaska, to force the Catholic churches to open their uh, hospital doors to the practice of abortion. Yeah. Um, and so the whole question of religious liberty mm -hmm. is extremely oh. important. And, and I think shows like this are important because as long as we're considered sort of a personal superstition, mm -hmm. it's easy to say, well, government ought not tolerate that as, until we return to our founding father's yeah. view, right, yeah. that freedom requires morality and morality requires religion, yes. and religion requires freedom, mm -hmm. and freedom requires morality. And so until we really understand that our first freedom in the Bill of Rights is freedom of religion for a reason, yeah. people have to live for their lives directed toward the good, yeah. until we really understand that, we're going to see continuing assaults on religious freedom. I will say this. With President Obama coming out publicly for homosexual marriage, with his attack on the church, forcing the Catholic Church to pay for contraceptives and abortifacients, if we as the American people vote him back in the office, we get what we deserve as a nation. And our, our country's in trouble. People don't see it. All I care about is the economy and that I get a job. I'm sorry, these other issues are life and death issues. You better c care about uh, these issues. And so it's, it's just grievous to me, Teresa, what's happening to our nation. As you go around and speak, I mean, you spoke at a very liberal Catholic church called St. Joan of Arc. I did. Um, on this issue. <laughs> Tell me what happened. <laughs> I bet that was an interesting evening. It was an interesting experience, but they extended every courtesy to me. Okay. Uh, and I think part of it is because people don't understand sort of, if you will, the secular arguments. But when you make those arguments, when you show them that, in fact, reestablishing a culture of sexual restraint, reestablishing a culture of marriage is really far different than being homophobic or anti-gay, mm -hmm. uh, or identifying that sin as worse than the sin of adultery. Right. Or, yeah. you know, when they understand that you really come to this with a firm belief that there is an order to human interactions, mm -hmm. um, they at least understand that we're not acting out of bad motive. Mm -hmm. They're not persuaded necessarily, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they understand that we truly are yeah. acting out of good motive. And you're taking, you're, you have to go at it from the secular realm because you're a, a lawyer. At, from the Christian pastoral realm, I urge people to repent from this behavior because I love them, not because I hate them. I want them to live long, happy lives, not to right. get diseased, and I don't want them to spend eternity in the wrong place. So it's out of love that, that I, uh, I, I promote. But I will say, I've learned, no matter how loving and humbly you try to do it, if you don't fit with some people's agenda, you're a hate monger, no matter how humble you are. And that's what I have learned through, through, through what I've gone through. Um, Teresa, the Target company, a lot, yes. of you, a lot of you shop at, shop at Target. You might want to call Target headquarters because they are giving up to $120,000 to the Family Equity Council, which is working for the defeat of the marriage amendment in Minnesota. By the way, in Minnesota, you may be seeing this elsewhere, but in November we vote for the, what's called the marriage amendment to keep marriage one man, one woman. 
Teresa, it is tragic to me that the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, in Minneapolis and St. Paul, over 90% of both of those synods voted to not keep marriage one man, one woman. They're against the marriage amendment. I mean, I'll say it again, this ain't my grandma's Lutheran church. To think that the Lutheran church, 95% of the Lutherans voting, don't think marriage should be one man, one woman anymore? This is bizarre. Well, I think there are a couple of reasons. Number one, a lot of Minnesotans don't understand that we have a case in the Minnesota courts right now. And in that case, it is Benson versus Alverson, the trial court said that there is no state constitutional provision that requires that we redefine marriage in this state hmm. and that if people want to redefine it they should go to the legislature the minnesota court of appeals in a three-judge opinion unanimously said we think actually the minnesota constitution as it's currently written may require a redefinition of marriage oh my, oh my. and so it really does come down in this state to, are the courts going to decide this issue? Yes. Are the people going to yes. decide this yes. issue? And regardless of where you stand on what the definition of marriage should be, there's a very large consensus that it is the people, yeah. not the judges, mm -hmm. who ought to be deciding this issue. Good. Well, everybody, thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you. Teresa Colette is available to speak at church. <laughs> How do people get a hold of you? Uh, my law school has a website, okay. and it's T.S. Colette. T-S-C-O-L-L-E-T-T, -T -T, no E on the end, at stthomas.edu. And once they email, email me, I can okay, see, check good, my calendar. Good. So everybody, pray for the United States. Pray for the state of Minnesota. These are very distressing times for Christians who believe in the Bible. And we need to stand up now because it's... Uh, Things are not going well. Pray, pray, pray. When you vote in November, would you vote for candidates that are protective of human life? Would you vote for candidates that believe marriage is one man, one woman? I know the economy is a big deal. A bigger deal is whether we're going to follow God in our culture anymore or not. So thanks, Teresa. Thank you. You bet. And one last thing, everybody. We are on the air for a few more months. Uh, we are on the air here in Minneapolis on Cable Channel 6. We've been here for 23 years on Cable Channel 6. But now we're also on Channel 45 TV Sunday mornings at 10.30. We're on WHT nationally on the uh, Direct TV satellite Sunday mornings, 8.30 Central Time. But it costs us $50,000 per wow. six months to stay on. We're on for about another four months. Would you pray about our ministry that if, if it's God's will, he'll keep us on? If the Lord nudges you to give, you go to pastorstudy.org, and you can see how to give online, or you can just watch the end credits and send, uh, send to the address there if you'd like to support us in any way. But pray for us. Pray for the United States. And may the Lord lead the church to be the church. Amen. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Interested in purchasing this show or a past show on DVD? How about an audio CD from the Pastor Study on Radio?
Or perhaps you simply want to watch a past show from our archives. You can do this and many more on our website. We invite you to visit us at www.pastorstudy.org. Perhaps you would like to learn more about the pastor study, what we believe, our vision, and our mission. The pastor study is a great place to learn biblical Christianity.